0: It is another Big Presentations podcast minicast. So, Mike, what are we going to be talking about both in the minicast
1: and in the full episode that will come next week? Well, this is like a, a bonus couple of weeks for us because we're not just going to focus on one thing. We're going to focus on four things. That sounds like divided four attention. <laughs> one at a time. Focus <laughs> your attention one at a time on, the, on these four. So I'm, I'm thinking... That each of these four are also things that you, Paul, have to keep in mind as you edit morning show content for for radio distribution. Oh, probably, probably. What you got? What's the first one? Okay, so the first one, the first tip is to know your audience. Oh,
0: my goodness. Yes, this is entirely true because... If you are editing a morning show that is going to be aired on rock stations, you're going to be talking about probably beer and bands and girls. I mean, you know, these are the kind of things that that rock stations hang their hat on. Whereas I edit a show for a, like a Christian contemporary music show. We don't talk about any of those things in that way at all. And if you are, then you're not going to last very long. So you have to talk about things that are very family oriented and, and talk about uh, moms a lot, because you know, that's kind of the main audience that we go for is moms with, with kids. And uh, because that's what makes a mom. Um, But you know, family stuff like uh, life experiences, like, Oh, like, well, how are you dealing with? We did did a lot of like, how are you dealing with the pandemic or what's going on? Like, what 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 are you putting on the table at night? Laundry, am I right? I mean, a lot of that kind of stuff. So you have to be able to speak to moms and families specifically, and 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 also still keep it clean for the kids
1: in a way that is still interesting for a parent. So you gotta know your audience, like the age group, the interests of the audience. Uh, their their concerns and and the things that either light them up or depress them you gotta know that stuff and it's the same thing is true when you're delivering a presentation. You should know your audience and be able to tailor your approach to that specific audience. So that's the first thing know your audience.
0: Okay, what's number uh, the two? second thing,
1: you need to prepare relevant content. Well, and I guess I, in a
0: way, already talked about that with just kind of the topics that you cover, depending on who your audience is. But it's it's right, it's right. more than that, though, which is good that, that we're going to talk about this more, uh, because a lot of it is also the framework for which you present that information. Because if it's a mom, how you talk about what may be on TikTok, you aren't going to be talking about, like, isn't this cool are you watching this? It may be in a, a fashion of like, oh, do you know what your kids are watching on TikTok or this thing isn't right. healthy or your your child may do something dangerous because they saw this thing on TikTok or are they addicted to TikTok? You end up with all these different things as opposed to just, oh, did you see that cool video that everybody else is watching? It frames it in a different way and it's coming from their point of view through their eyes because you want to address how they're seeing that information, not just giving giving them that information, paired it back to them. You
1: have to frame it in such a way that is meaningful to them. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we're thinking about presentations, we're realizing that if we just provide a fact, you know, kind of like with the, with the radio, this, this thing happened on TikTok. just that standing alone is not all that helpful. No, but if we ask, what does it mean? Or why should I be concerned about it? Or, what led up to this point in time to where this is an acceptable thing to do? Where do we think it's going from here? So now you've brought in the past to inform the present and challenge people to think about where this thing's going on into the future. That makes it a lot more relevant. It's not just a, a little news clip. Now it's, now it's a topic of discussion because we've been able to make that content relevant to that listener. So we got know your audience, We got to make sure that we are preparing relevant content. So if we see content, we're not just regurgitating that specific fact. We're asking, why is this even important? Why do they need to know it? Is there a history here? Is there a future here? What, you know, why does this matter? Okay. So then the third thing is to practice for familiarity, making sure that when you speak, it's not just totally coming off the top of your head. You know how to best say what you want to say. Oh,
0: absolutely. And, and I can speak about this for myself as well, not just for editing, because there are times when I'm in a hurry and we all do this and you see a piece of information you're like I can make something out of that. And then you just start talking and it's a mess. It is just a mess. So, but if, if you read, especially if it's only like a couple of paragraphs, you read through it a couple of times and you practice it a couple of times, then you, you're able to formulate it a lot. Cause a lot of what I do will be pre-recorded, Like it won't be necessarily live on the radio. So sometimes I'll record something and I'll listen to it and go, Nope, that's a mess. (laughs) I'm going to do that again. And you know, sometimes it'll take two or three or more times, but Eventually, you get around to the takeaway that is the most interesting, or even just the best joke, or whatever it is that God, that is like that. that is workshopped out of doing it repeatedly. Or it could just be making sure that you get the facts right. and And I can Ooh, I can joke about right. this a little bit. One of the uh, shows that I've edited before, the guy was doing a uh, a story about uh, a model of the Millennium Falcon, and if you are of any age, of almost any gender, you probably know that's the you know that's the C shaped big spaceship from star Wars. Well, the guy wasn't a big star Wars fan. And, and it showed because he said, what is that ship called again? Oh, it's it's the millennial Falcon. Right. And I was just like, dude, <laughs> it's like, you, know, you need to, you need to workshop that a little bit more, or maybe read the story through one more time. It makes a huge difference.
1: Oh yeah. Just putting in the time to go through it, to, to rehearse it, to hear yourself say it out loud and realize how you could say it better, that pays off in the presentation. So you practice so that you are familiar with the content in ways that allow you to to talk articulately without having to read any kind of script. That's what you want. Practice for familiarity.
0: We're so happy that you're listening to this podcast. Give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever the equivalent thumbs up is on your favorite podcasting platform. We so appreciate
1: you. And now we're going to get back to the show. So know your audience, prepare relevant content, practice for familiarity. And then the fourth one or final one is to engage the audience, capture their attention. That's right. And
0: sometimes it's just a matter of framing that information verbally in a way that is interesting and a lot of that for me is is comes in the form of teasing something it's it's the saying you're going to talk about Ooh. something before you talk about it which is is funny because the best teases are more most specific about what they leave out rather than what they include uh. Because a, a, a good tease might be, there's something in your refrigerator that could kill you. I'll tell you what it is in 10 minutes. You got them. It's like, what, what, what? <laughs> Something's going to kill me. And it may just be like, there's a recall on spinach. But if you just said, hey, coming up, we're going to talk about a recall on spinach. They know all the info they need to know. They're going to go online and they're going to figure it out on their own. So that's one thing that can make a huge difference is is just figuring out a way to parse out the information that is most interesting or is going to grip them the most to get them to want to listen to the next thing you have to say. Other times, it's just kind of it's almost like what we talked about already. It's it's using that information of knowing your audience and being prepared Mm -hmm. and giving those context clues uh, and, and framing the information in a way that is most relevant to them but it's also figuring out a way to say that in a way that is most interesting. I, I feel like now, but maybe you have more to add yeah. to that.
1: Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, I think there's uh, so you're thinking in terms of making sure the content itself is engaging, which is really important. I like that. True. Um, but the, the, the energy that we bring through our voice and our physical presence and our facial expressions, um, uh, that carries weight as well. And so you can have perfect content and have a flat delivery of that perfect content. This is and true. it's not going to, it's not going to in, engage them near as well because you're just boring in the way that you're <laughs> presenting it. Uh, there's also power in knowing your audience well enough to connect with them. Yes. And in terms of eye contact or even bringing up things that, you know, you have in common with them, because, you know, sometimes these big presentations in small rooms, there'll be times when, you know, almost everybody in there and maybe you know them well enough to connect a a shared experience with them in a way that helps connect the whole group to the the message that you're sharing. And that's a very engaging thing. People are going to lean forward a oh, so you guys went through what? what is this? And that's an interesting thing. So thinking both in terms of our content and our presence, as we seek to fulfill this, this last area here of making sure that we're engaging the audience and capturing their attention, that loops right back around again to the importance of knowing your audience. So you know how to best engage them. Yeah. So in your work with radio stuff, I mean, you got to know your audience, make sure that relevant materials being prepared that people can pronounce it correctly yes (laughs) and could speak coherently uh, and do so in ways that are going to capture people's attention
0: absolutely and going back to what you were saying about your presence being such a big deal and you never know that as much as you do when you're you're with somebody who is getting on a microphone for the first time and they're so nervous they're Uh, so concentrating on the mechanics of saying right. or pronouncing or or hitting the right button as they're doing whatever that it is so funny because the delivery will be so bad and you will tell them you're like uh. okay so you're going to say this you're going to say coming up next we're going to be talking to so and so and so and so it's gonna be a whole lot of fun we're glad that you're here and they'll be like uh coming up next we're going to be talking to so and so and so and so it's it's going to be good and fun um that's coming up next and you're like you said all the right words (laughs) maybe maybe too many ums but you said all the right words but now i want to kind of go jump in a river because you sound (laughs) depressed so let's let's do that again the words are right but smile and act like you just had a cup of coffee (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and inevitably they get better i mean even the worst of, of announcing you know students or or you know interns at a radio station or whatever they they get better but man those first couple of times are rough because they're just they're so concentrating on not screwing up that they have no personality <laughs> oh, yeah
1: that mm. and you know and it, it can be that way with delivering big presentations in small rooms as well because sure. you're you're so wrapped up and stressed and afraid you're going to mess something up and you know, it's okay. You'll get over that with practice. It's all practice. It's all practice. And the more you do it, the more uh, familiar you become, not just with the content, but also with the process and all the different things that you want to keep in mind so that you can connect your audience to that goal. So you can have a big presentation in a small room. Mm -hmm. I hope you're enjoying this week's podcast. We had so much fun making it, and we had so much fun thinking in terms of sharing information that you could just take and use, of of sharing uh, images and, and stories that you can think, yeah, I've been there. I've had to face that kind of thing. That was also the approach that was taken to the book, Big Presentations in Small Rooms. We wanted to make sure that it was enjoyable to read and practical to use. So if you deliver presentations at work or in your nonprofit or volunteer work, please do yourself a favor and pick up a copy of the book, Big Presentations in Small Rooms. You'll enjoy the read and it will help you deliver better presentations. It's available at Amazon in print and ebook format or even as an audio book. We'll have the link in the show notes. So go there, use it and get yourself a copy of Big Presentations in Small Rooms.